don't know if you've ever been out on a boat, but if you've gotten out on a boat and a storm has started up, I had that happen. We went out in the bay one time here in Bay City. And when we got on the boat, it was pleasant. The water was calm. The sun was shining. It was beautiful. And I always remind myself, it's like the same thing with going for a hike in the woods or going for a walk. However far you go, when you finally decide to turn around and come back, it's going to take longer to get back, usually for me if I'm walking because I'm always tired and it takes me longer to get back. But we weren't thinking about that with the boat. For as far out as we go, when we finally decide to turn around and come back to the dock, it was going to be that far out. Well, we go all the way out. I think we were past, like, about Caseville and the boat, and the weather changed. And it began to get really windy, and it was really, really choppy. And the boat we were on, great boat, but it was not built to be on water that big with waves that big. And all we could do was keep going, and you feel stuck. You are stuck on that boat. You can't get out of that situation. There's only one other thing you can do, and that's jump overboard. And we weren't about to do that. And you feel stuck. You are stuck in that boat. You can't get out. You could, but you know that that could be your demise. And so now you're stuck in a boat. If you've ever been on a boat when it is rocking and it is rolling like that, what happens is you become sick inside. And the, the waves were so bad that I couldn't move. And I was holding on to Wesley. Wesley was a baby. Uh, Matt and Faith were old enough. They were kind of sitting, and they're holding on. We had our dog with us, a lab. And she, she was the only smart one. She got up underneath the cuddy. We wouldn't let the kids go down there, though, because we thought if we capsized, then they'd be stuck in there. So they were sitting out, and I couldn't move. And it is just the waves are going and going and going, and finally Wesley begins puking. Now, in any normal circumstance, you would hold your child over the edge of the boat and let them puke into the water. I couldn't move. It was... The waves were so bad and the boat was so unsteady that I literally had my arm around him and I had my arm around, there was like a little pole, like a hold-on pole, and I just let him puke all over me. And I am just holding him and we are all sick. We're stuck on a boat. And I was pregnant with Claudia and I just had a child puke on me and the waves didn't stop. So next thing you know, I'm puking. I'm trying at least to get it over the side, but it's going all over the inside inside of the boat. Eventually, and this was probably God's mercy just because he knew we weren't going to feel like doing it when we got back, but it was pretty scary at the time. A rogue wave hit us, and the way the boat was, instead of it like kind of going up and over or being jostled, the boat just went under the wave. And so the rogue wave came up over us, and we went down under it, and we popped back out on the other side, but all the vomit was gone. <laughs> However, it was like I've never been on a boat and been underwater before, and so when you popped back up, all I could think about was, are all my children still in the boat? And so I instantly started counting heads. Then the next question is, is does my husband have his glasses? Because he's <laughs> driving the boat and he's be able to see. And he still had his glasses. And finally we thought about it. We're like, where's the dog? And she, like, that freaked her out. She was further back up in the cuddy, but she was still there. So we, as far as we could tell, we didn't really lose anything. But we literally were under the water and we came back up out the other side. 
So why am I talking about being stuck on a boat? Well, in Jesus' day, he's hanging out with fishermen. And, you know, they don't have a car that can take a bridge and go over the water or go around. And so a lot of times the quickest way for them to get to one place to the other was to get in a boat and go across a lake. Right? And they had even more of a disadvantage than we do because they didn't have radar, right? You didn't know, like, hey, is this a good night to go on the boat? And so we see a few different times when they're stuck on a boat when it's going rough, just like what we experience. So if we look first place here, there's a lot, actually, a lot of places in the scriptures that talk about this. I picked two different um, times from both from the account of Matthew. So in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, we see Jesus and the disciples were all together. And it says, then Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a ferocious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. I've experienced that. It goes whoop, right over top. So that it was so suddenly that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. All right, so we see in this particular instance where Jesus is with them in the boat. But when the storm comes upon him, he is asleep. He doesn't see it coming. I mean, he's God, so he probably knew what was going to happen, and he's probably waiting. But what happened was the storm hit them and kept going and kept going and kept going until they finally woke him up, right? And their response wasn't, hey, Jesus, you know, you're pretty awesome, and you're a miraculous guy, and, you know, you're son of God and Messiah. Can you take care of this storm for us, please? It wasn't their reaction, was it? Their reaction was, we're going to drown. And so his, his response to them wasn't, why would you wake me up? You guys should have handled this. It wasn't that. His response was, why do you have so little faith? And I don't think he said that to them because they woke him up. I think he said that to them because they said, we're going to drown. Because he didn't look at them and say, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. He didn't. He rebuked the storm, but he wanted them to know that when you wake me up, when you call me, when you ask me for help, you don't need to be afraid. And how many times have we been stuck in a situation where it's gotten so rocky we're about to feel sick? And you just there's nothing we can do about the situation. And we feel like we're going to drown. We feel like we're going to die. We feel like there is no way out. We need to be able to call out to Jesus, just like they did. They called out to Jesus. Now, they knew God was with them, right? They knew Jesus was with them. But in the beginning, they didn't think to wake him up. It took until they felt like they were going to die before they woke him up. And I think that parallels our lives. There have been times where I've been in a situation and days maybe have gone by where I'm just like, what am I going to do? I'm this and that and that. And all of a sudden it dawns on me, you know what? God's with me. Why don't I pray? Hello? Now you would think that every spiritual person 
who somebody has decided to call them pastor would instantly always remember that. And I think as I age and wisdom comes upon me, there are times where that is the first thing that comes to my mind. But there, I would be remiss to say that every single time I've done that, there have been times where it's like, why, why do we do that? I think because everyday things, we just do them, right? I didn't ask God to help me put my pants on today. I didn't, right? I just put my pants on. So there's situations where maybe in the past, you know, you just worked a little harder, you earned some extra money, and you took care of the bill, or, or you know you, you can do this, or you can do that, right? Maybe you're starting to feel sick, and you think, like, I'm just going to, you know, take some extra vitamin C, and I'll be better, and then all of a sudden, what looked like a normal boat ride, well, yeah, the wind's coming out. We, we've been in boats before. When the winds come out, we just roll a little harder, right? All of a sudden, the situation drastically changes, and you find yourself having to fight against that wave, fight against that wind. And now you have to be reminded, like, okay, wait a minute. This is beyond putting my pants on. This is, like, now i got to pray because, you know, my, my leg might be cut off, right? And so now I've got to call out because I know Christ is already with me. So when those moments happen, we have to wake up. And really, we're not waking up God. God's with you. He knows what's going on. We're waking up the desire in ourself to cry out for help. And we know scripturally how many times Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. We know in the, the letters to the, the new Christian church, right, where I think it was either Paul or Peter said, you have not because you ask not. I can tell you over and over and over again that God is a gentleman and that, you know, we have to ask him. He's not going to just interfere in our life. And we see it right here in the scriptures in a real-life situation. Jesus waited for them to ask. Now, we see another situation here in Matthew. If you go on then to chapter 14, starting at verse 22, Jesus had just got done feeding about 5,000 people. He had actually taken the disciples and gone off to a far-off place because he wanted some alone time. He wanted to recharge and refresh and and all these crowds followed him. And so he just had them, you know, we got to feed them before they go or they're not going to make it. And so they brought out what they did have and he prayed over and multiplied 5,000 men plus their women and children were fed. Now we see though, Jesus is like, now I really need some alone time. I don't even want to be around you guys. So he puts them in a boat and he says, you guys go to the other side. Don't worry about me. I'll worry, you know, I'll meet you over there. And, uh, they didn't even question him. So I think that's kind of cool, actually. I think, you know, there were other people with boats. So maybe they're thinking he'll catch a ride with somebody else. Or maybe they just knew, like, I don't know how he does it, but he just shows up where he needs to be. I don't know. But they get into their boat, and they're going to the other side, okay? So it's verse 22 of chapter 14. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into, their, into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side where he dis, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now that means that the w wind was against them, right? 
So the waves are pushing against them, and they're trying to get to the other side, and they're having a hard time. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and in beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, I love that word, it's underlined in my Bible. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? I love that. I love how he didn't like let him sink to the bottom, give him you know, a five-minute timeout down there, then pull him up and say, why did you have doubt? Why, why didn't you have more faith? He immediately rescued him even though he had doubt. See, God is good not because our faith is always perfect. I know that the scriptures are very clear about believe and have faith when you pray. When you ask, you know, believe. But it's okay to ask if you have doubt. It's okay. He doesn't answer my prayer because I am a woman of immediate faith, right? He answers my prayers because he is God and he is good. Like, it's so hard for us to, like, get that sometimes. The faith that I have when I pray gives me peace while I'm waiting for the answer. When I ask for help in doubt and I have to wait in discomfort and stress for the answer, the answer still comes because God is good. It's my attitude while I'm going through it. That's why God says, have faith. Believe. Why? How many times did he say in all of this, don't be afraid? Fear, right, is the opposite of that faith. And fear causes them to go through the struggle while they're waiting for the answer. He doesn't answer it because I am marvelous, because I'm not, and nobody is. We have moments when we're like reading our word, and we're in the word, and we're feeling great, and we've battled this before, and something comes again, and you go, I know how to deal with this, and you got it. That's called confidence, and confidence only comes because you've experienced it before. I am a confident driver because I have driven a car for lots of years. We won't say how many. Now, Wesley knows how to drive a car. Is he a confident driver? No. Does he have a little bit of fear when he drives? I hope so. That's good, right? Emotions are good. Fear is good. It makes him slow down and watch what he's doing. And it's the same thing with faith. Sometimes our faith is associated with our confidence. We, we can have more confidence and faith as we pray about something if it's a situation we've dealt with before. But sometimes we do have some fear. And that doesn't mean God doesn't answer us. If we ask, we shall receive. If we seek, we shall find. If we knock the door will be opened. I just read uh, a story online of a person that 
by many, many religious, you know, traditional churches would say, this person's a horrible, horrible sinner and they're going to hell. And this person said, look, I was living in that lifestyle and I knew Christ and I began doing a Bible study and I began reading my Bible and I began praying and I began seeking out who Christ was. Now, did that person in the midst of their struggle, in the midst of living in sin, we all live in sin, but this was a particular sin, so we think that's worse than the rest. Does their lack of faith, does their lack of confidence, does their lack of knowing who Christ is, because they're a baby Christian literally that first year, change what God is going to do for them? No, why? Because God's going to do it regardless. But they had to ask. So let's go back here. All right, so Peter is out on the water. It says then, Peter got out on the boat, out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Now, those are two different times when the disciples were stuck in a boat when either it was just a horrible storm or the winds were against them and they were struggling. And I want us to look at those two instances. I'm just doing good, you guys. I'm doing good. It just started. We're good. I'm almost done. I got through the scriptures. Just saying. You know, there's a countdown going down there over there. All right, so these are two different scenarios that we can compare to our everyday life, right? Because at this point, unless you're like us and you're going on a pleasure cruise on a boat that's too small for the bay, you might not end up in a boat with the winds against you. But you may end up where? Maybe in a job situation. It isn't the best, or maybe in a financial crisis, or maybe in a health crisis, maybe in a mental health issue, right, in stress and depression, or I don't know. I don't know what your boat is, but you might be in a boat where you feel stuck. And sometimes it feels like you're going to drown, like the storm is just horrible. And other times it's just frustrating because the, the winds are against you and it's taking a lot longer than you thought. You ever been in a storm? Like that, you know. Sometimes it's like, oh, I, I know it's good. I know I'm going to get there, but man, it's like me right now, you know. It's like I finished up my bachelor's degree. I finished up my master's degree. I want to, just thinking about this today, I want to finish up my doctorate degree. And it's like, I know I'll eventually get there, but the wind is against me, or Mary just is too busy, or whatever that might be. And it's not like, oh, this is a situation where I'm going to die. It's a situation where it's taking a really long time. Now, we're in these situations. We have a choice to make. We can simply row the boat. That is a choice we can make. We can row the boat and just keep rowing. What, are they, what is that, the dory? Just keep going, just keep going, just keep going, going, going. Well, I'm not going to be swimming. I'm going to be rowing. Just keep rowing, just keep rowing, just keep rowing, rowing, rowing. And a lot of times that's what we do. We spend our entire life simply rowing the boat all by ourselves because we think and we know I have the capacity to row the boat, so I'm just going to row the boat. 
And it might take a long time. A storm might get us way off course. A storm might push us all the way back to the beginning, and we got to start all over again. But you have the free will choice in life to do it all by yourself. That's your choice. Now, some of us are in the boat, and we're rowing, and we realize God is with me. I need to ask for help, right? It feels like, and you know, we have to get over that whole, well, God knows, he should have done something by now. No. It may, you know, it feels like, well, he's just sleeping, he's not doing anything. No, we have to ask. You have to ask. It's kind of like me going over to your house, right? And sometimes we'll offer, because we, you know, especially, I don't know. I don't know if it's a woman thing or what, but sometimes you offer. But sometimes, you know, it's like there's certain things you don't offer to do. Like if I go over to your house and I notice your front porch steps are worn off, I don't offer to paint your front porch steps, do I? I don't, like, walk in there and say, oh, boy, look at those. You know, I can help you paint those. They need to be painted. We don't do that. Like if we're coming over for dinner, I might say, is there any way I can help you with dinner? But... We're not, we're not noticing all the things that need to get done around the house. Why? Because you're a gentleman, right? You're a lady. You wouldn't want to do that. It's like maybe they're fine with the front porch steps being the way they are. They don't need my help, right? And God, if he offered to help us or fixed everything in our life that he knows would ultimately be better, we would be robots and we would be Okay, now I guess I'm eating brand for breakfast. I really wanted that Snickers bar. And, oh, now I'm over here and I'm on the treadmill and I don't really want to be on the treadmill. Right? We would not have any free will over our life. How does he pick and choose? Right? Well, he knows, Mary, that I have to pay this bill. And why doesn't he just make something happen? Well, maybe what's more important is your heart health. He doesn't just make that happen. What is he doing? He is saying, I am part of your life. I am here with you. Ask, what would you like me to help you with? What would you like me to show you? What would you like me to intercede in, on your behalf? And so you can ask him. Just like the disciples who had Jesus in the boat and he was asleep, they had to wake him up and say, hey, we're going to drown. And he didn't say, well, because you had no faith, I'm not helping you. He didn't say that. He said, he pointed it out. He likes to point that out. That's, that's okay, Jesus. Thank you for pointing it out. Every good father always points out how we could have done it a little bit better. It's okay, right? Or big brother. And he says, come on. Don't think you're going to drown. I'm in here with you. But what did he do? Stop the wind. Stop the waves. And it says they were immediately on the other side. I love that part, too. Because it's like, no more rowing. I wish I would have asked him an hour ago. You can tell I don't really like physical activity, but I'm just saying. Now, sometimes, though, we find ourselves in a situation and we're like, Mary, I didn't invite Jesus with me on this boat ride. I knew when I got in this boat this was probably bad news. So I don't think I have the right to ask him. He's walking right by you. He's right there with you. You might not have invited him in that boat that you're stuck in. He's there. He is there. Don't let Satan try to convince you that otherwise. Uh, most of you have heard, I don't think Pastor John's heard this. So I'm going to tell you real quick just because it's funny because I'm literally almost done. But one time I went and got a tattoo. 
And I was laying there, and, you know, my, my nature is just to be talking to God. That's just how I am. And I'm laying there, you know, and, this, and it hurts, right? Uh, for those of you who don't know, it was my eyelids. I've just got some eyeliner tattooed on, you know. I thought, oh, that'd be great. Get up in the morning. don't have to put eyeliner on. So I'm laying there, you know, and she's, she's doing it, and it hurts really bad. Talk about an area in your body where you have thin skin. Your eyelids are thin skin. And she's doing it, and, of course, you know, Satan, I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, I hope I don't get, you know, because you can feel it kind of getting in your eyes, the ink, you know, you know, it's coming out the sides. And I'm, I'm, like, literally praying. I'm, like, oh, Lord, please don't let me go blind. Please let there be no infection, right, you know. Like, please let this pain go away. And, and I... And it might have been my thought or it might have been Satan. I don't know. But it was, you can't ask God for help. You're sinning, right? One of the Old Testament laws was do not get a tattoo. And so I stopped praying. And I remember this distinctly. I was just sitting there in silence. In the back of my head, you know, I'm thinking like, well, I'm choosing to do this. Whatever comes, comes of it. And all of a sudden, I heard the voice of the Lord, that scripture, that God's word just come up in me. And his word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I was like, oh, God, you're so good. Yeah, please don't let me go blind. And please don't let there be any infection. And I continued talking to him while I was in a boat that maybe he didn't think was best for me. Right? And now, I'm not against tattoos. Obviously, I've got one. And we know the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. And we know that, right? I'm putting the alcohol on, keeping the infection away. I'm not doing this as a tribal symbol to identify with something different. But what is my point? My point is sometimes we are in a boat and Satan can convince us, why would God help you with this? Because he is good. It's not because I got in the right or the wrong boat. You know what? I love this. And God reminds me of this all the time. God is bigger than my mistakes. He is bigger than my mistakes. Oh, Mary, I don't know if I'm making the right decision. All right, we'll make a decision. Right or wrong, God's going to be with you. And if it's wrong, you might have to deal with some of the consequences of that. But in the end, God is still with you. And we will pray that God will be bigger than your mistakes. But you have to invite him in. You have to ask him, hey, I got in the wrong boat, and I made a mistake, and now I am stuck. Wait, you know, what do they say? Up the creek and without a paddle, right? You're so far away. You don't know how you're going to get back. Guess what? God is good, and God will help you. So what do you do when we want to wake him up? Maybe we know he's with us. Maybe, you know, it's like, well, ask for help. What about, you know, when it's, you think, like, he's not with me in this? Well, then Confess hey, where'd I did this? You know, maybe I spent too much money on Amazon and I don't have money for my electric bill. Now I got to face the consequences of that. I can still ask God to help me in the midst of that. Confess, what about getting an accountability partner? Sometimes we're in storms in life and we know we have to change course, but maybe there's a temptation that keeps drawing us to the wrong coast. Sometimes, you know, God's word is so good. You know, it talks about go and confess one to another, right? Why do we do that? Because we know that they know now. It's not just God. We can talk to them. They can ask us how we're doing. Um, we, sometimes we need to invite him into our situation. Sometimes there's situations we don't think that we could even ever ask him to be part of. Invite him into your marriage. Invite him into your workplace. Invite him into you, the way you drive your car. 
I literally, like, there were times where I would text in my car, and I would invite him. I'd be like, Lord, be with me while I'm driving. Convict my heart. Do not let me text and drive. Do not let me be in an accident. Why? Because I can invite him into every area of my life. Ask others to pray. Be intentional. And sometimes, once in a while, we have to get out of the boat. Even though it feels like if I get out of the boat, I'm going to drown. Why? Because Christ is out of the boat with you. Now, did Peter, he got out of the boat and he walked on the water, and guess what? When his eyes got off of Christ, he began to sink. But he didn't drown. Why? Because Christ grabbed him up and saved him, and he immediately reached out and brought him up. So what are some real-life situations where maybe you need to do this? Maybe you need to get off of social media. Maybe you need to block an X. Maybe you need to switch jobs. Maybe you need to stop going to the casino. Maybe you need to ghost a friend or a bad influence, somebody that you know once they start talking to you, they encourage you to do something you shouldn't do. Or maybe you end up talking and gossiping about something you don't want to really talk about. Maybe you need to cancel a subscription. Maybe you need to stop buying certain foods and bringing it into your house. And maybe you need an accountability partner. I don't know what, what it is, but sometimes we need to ask God into the situation and then be sensitive enough that when he gives us a direction to do something like that, that's going to help change our course, that we follow it. I think so many times we think God is just going to make the storm go away when really he's trying to change us so we don't keep getting in that same storm. So I don't know what boat you're stuck in or your situation, the best way for you to get out of it. But I'm going to pray that the Lord will reveal that to you and that you won't be afraid to cry out to him. And don't wait until you feel like you're going to drown. Do it right away. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that as we can see how the disciples reacted to storms and how Jesus was always there to help them that you are always there to help us. So as we face storms in this life, or as we face times when the wind is just against us or we're going a wrong path, be with us, reveal to us, guide us, open our eyes to the truth. Help us to call out to you, and may you, Father God, show us what we need to do. Help us and bring miracles into our lives that we need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. And be with everybody as they race home.